Hey everyone, welcome to the new year installment of the P2 Podcast. This is episode 49, and with me I have a good friend of mine, Brian, and I've never said his last name out loud, but I'm just going to go with it, DaCosta, because it just sounds like it fits. Now, um, this, this is my boy, man. It's been one of my first friends that I've made since moving to Denver, and I'm very happy to call him a friend. It's got a dope story. I think that it's a, a really appropriate time to you know, look back at 2023. And I think Brian had a hell of a 2023 in the good and bad sense. Um, but that's life for all of us. And I think that when you get an individual like Brian to come in and tell his story, it does lend itself to inspiration, um, to questioning, to uh, introspection. And as we look ahead into 2024, I think there's no better way to start. So wherever you're listening from, thank you for tuning in. And I give you Brian. Let's go, man. Hopefully I don't mess this up. <laughs> There's no messing up. Uh, Bryce and I just get on here most of the time. I'm bullshit. So I am going to, you know, we talked a little bit before we got into the, you know, actual recording, but I'm going to open it up with you just kind of introducing yourself. Who are you? Like, give me the, the core two to three sentences. Who's Brian? What's he trying to do? What's he trying to accomplish in life? So, damn, mm -hmm. no pressure, I guess. So, my mission is to support people in realizing their full potential. And I think there's many avenues you can take to do that. Um, viewing life in buckets, faith, family, fitness, finances. I kind of think of the, the F's. Yeah. Um, my competency where I feel most confident and where I've realized the most progress and positive change in my life is through fitness. Yeah. So along my journey, I discovered weight training, improving body composition, discipline, all the things that come with improving your physical state. And I want to show people how to do that because I, I did it for myself. And, uh, so that's really who I am at my core is someone I want to help people improve their health. Yeah. Uh, I believe one of the main drivers to do that, we're on the preventative side of things versus people showing up at the hospital with all these ailments. I think building lean muscle is the most surefire way you can do that. I think if there's undeniable research in this, I think we know this, this wasn't a thing that wasn't as widely known for our parents and our, our grandparents, but the current state that we're at with healthcare, with information online, uh, we need people to get jacked, bro. Yeah. You no, know, I love that. So that's where I'm at. I want to help people get jacked. I want to help people use fitness as a tool to improve the other areas of their life. And that's really what I've settled on uh, in my first, you know, 10 years of being out of college and really figuring out like, where do I want my impact to be? You know? No, man, I, I love that. Um, I mean, you spoke a bit about like the, the generational hand-me-downs, right? The idea that this wasn't something that was known for our parents. Like think about like our lifespan spans a time where like smoking was legal inside of buildings. You know, like yeah, that's, right? yeah, for real. it's kind of crazy to think about, um, that there was actually like a smoking section in certain restaurants and stuff like that. And so, um, obviously like nations come full swing, uh, fitness is in working out is in, and not just for men, for women as well. So definitely think we're trending in the right direction. I know it's something that's really, really important to us and it's important to you. You mentioned something in your, your, uh, myriad of F's, right? The things that are important to you and how you structure your life or finance, one of them, right? And obviously, I, I believe you have a finance background, right? And so when Correct. you talk about 
transitioning from that into fitness, you know, what is it about fitness that one pulled you away from something that you're obviously pretty good at, but then two, be like, Hey, this, this is how I want to leave that, that footprint, right? My, my fingerprint on this world, on the people I touch and interact, but it's like, what is it about fitness? Is it the way it makes you feel? And you want to share that? Is it something where you think like, obviously the, the grand scheme bird's eye view is, well, yeah, everyone gets healthier, right? You live longer, healthier lives. Um, and I have my own opinion on this. Um, it's actually a podcast I'm going to do later on in the week um, as far as why I think fitness is so important. But what is it for you, the, the core of fitness that brings the embodiment of a better life for, for uh, individuals, you know, whether it's yourself, people you work with, um, people you're trying to reach, et cetera. Hopefully that was clear. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think ultimately just viewing it as a pie or a plate, I think improving your physical ability just grows that pie. Mm-hmm. Your ability to deal with stress, your ability to deal with your emotions, your ability to physically move around, to be able to do chores around the house, be able to pick up a box, no problem. Like, you know, you, you've probably heard the quote, like, you have a million problems in life until you have a health problem, then you got one. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, and and ultimately, yeah, lifting heavy in the gym is cool. Being aesthetic, looking in the mirror is sick. Like, we love that. I'm always going to love that. But ultimately, it's like, I never want to take for granted the fact that, like, do any task that I need to do during the day, like, I can handle it physically. Like, and, and it's beautiful. And so, yeah, and we can get into, like, how I discovered this. But, like, it's not only the physical benefits that come with it, but what you prove to yourself through the process of building lean muscle, remaining steadfast on a plan. You know, we need evidence to believe the the person that we want to become. We need evidence to believe that we are that person. And by remaining consistent on a plan, staying consistent, I'm channeling my inner James clear. Here, oh, I love this. I love it. And we love James. Yeah, man. It, it builds such a confidence in yourself that just transfers to other aspects of life. And, and when I made the transition and we can get into it from like high school organized sports into like, okay, I've got no organized sports now. What am I going to do? Ah, weight training. A bunch of my college buddies are weight training. Let's get into this. Um, it really gave me that. It gave me what I needed, an ability to deal with stress and outlet, a healthy outlet, um, where I could have gone many different directions. Uh, that's really what it is, man. It's just like, growing your pie to be able to deal with life yeah no i mean i i love that um you know there's the the book do hard things there's obviously andrew human and he'll tell you you know ice baths and this and that right the idea of being able to to cope with the negative things that happen and we've met people i'm sure um people who've been through and i'll always try to like lightly here right because stress is stress trauma not trauma i should say um you know, un- uncomfortability, uh, inopportune, inconvenient moments, hard times are hard times, right? So if a, a kid grows up in poverty, um, the idea of not having lunch for school is probably like just like a normal thing, right? Um, yeah. But if a kid grows up with means and they hit hard times and they go from being able to buy lunch to having to pack lunch, that, that might be a big deal for them, right? That might be something like that. that's a tough change, right? Um and who there's no one to say whose is greater. However, objectively, you can look at it like this kid who's been through a lot, right? This kid who's come from an impoverished family and had to overcome, and in spite of the odds being kind of stacked against them, is objectively more prepared 
for the hard things that life is going to inevitably throw at them, right? And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of studies that come out and now there's two people on different mountains uh, arguing about degrees of trauma, right? And how people are, hey, like, it shows that, you know, trauma builds very strong individuals. Like a lot of the entrepreneurs you see, the people who move the needle, push humanity forward, usually have a pretty good deal of trauma, you know? And so trying to insulate your kids and hide them from everything that might possibly disturb them or push them off track, you know, they're expressing themselves. That's just how they are. Like removing the rigidity of things for fear of putting some sort of deep-seated negative thing into your child could be a bad thing that you could be setting your your kid up for failure. And I've, I've met people where I'm like, you've been really insulated. And a part of me is really happy that you have been, that your life has not been hard, that you had a fantastic childhood and you love your parents and everything's honky-dory. They're your fucking background on your phone and you guys are happy. Like, I, I love that. And how do you respond when really bad things do happen? Because you haven't had objectively a lot of them. And so um, it, it is just a, an interesting thing. And like you said, being able to give yourself that referenceable data. Look what you did. The prep, the competition, the transformation, the PRs, right? Like, look what you did and all of those components. Like, when you feel, like, defeated, you go, well, shit, hold on. I can do this. I got this. Exactly, man. Dude, 100%. And I think, you know, you know, I, I was personally raised, like, middle class. Like, you know, I had my troubles like, like any kid growing up. But ultimately, like, there was food on the table when I got home. My parents loved me unconditionally. And hell, man being born in the states at the time that we were i think i'm more fortunate than 99.9 percent .9 of the globe i can also say that and say you know the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you yeah. and that's a i've heard joe rogan say that many times and i fully agree with it like if the worst thing that's ever happened to you is like you got a flat tire that can be a crazy stressful situation right what if you grew up in an abusive household where your dad put cigarettes out on your freaking arm every night like Maybe a flat tire is, maybe that's a relief. Right. Maybe it's, God, at least I'm not home. Right. And get beat up on by my dad. You know what I mean? So, you know, regardless, I think for, for many who are raised, you know, with, with a reasonable amount uh, of challenge growing up, but nothing crazy, keeping your body in, in tip top shape and constantly striving to be better is a great utility. It's a great tool to keep a pulse on like, a level of discipline in reminding yourself outside of your career, if you're a quite ambitious person, that I can do hard things. Look at, look at what I do. This is my outlet. I can show up here. I can tune out the world. I can improve myself. I leave the gym. Unless I got injured, I always feel freaking amazing. I'm ready to take on the day. It's a, it's a great thing, man. 100%. Um, it's actually why, slight like um, tangent here, why I am really big on Beyond just like strength performance, typical hypertrophy training, I'm big on, especially in off-season for a lot of my athletes who do compete, like, hey, let's do some functional stuff. Let's let's jump onto a box. Let's push a sled. Let's do sprints. Um, and I get a lot of pushback from most of them until they get good at it. And then there's something really dope about being able to jump off the ground and land onto a high box for a girl or being able to pull yourself up to a bar. You know, not just pull a machine down to you, but pull yourself up to a bar or do straight dips um, mm -hmm. or some cool push-up pattern. And like you said, doing those hard things and being able to go, like, 
I'm dope. Like I, 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 I can do hard shit. And when things, you know, do inevitably present themselves, you know, it's like, it doesn't shaky as much, right? You know, um, I don't know if you're a J. Cole fan, but as you were talking, uh, a line from one of his songs popped up where he says pretty much like, you know, I grew up down the block and though sometimes we had less, some of my homies down the street, you know, compared to them, we were blessed. And I'm like, that's like a big thing, right? It's like, you, you can, you always look at what you don't have. You always look at what's in front of you. Um, but I think that being aware of your surroundings and the kind of collective struggle of mankind, you know, not just here in the States, like you mentioned, but across the world, right? Like you said, objectively, all the problems we have, life's pretty good here, right? Like all like for everything yeah. that's going on, um, life's really good here and it's better here than it was 50 years ago, than it was a hundred years ago. And so, um, you know, being able to put that stuff in perspective and just put one foot in front of the other and keep showing up is dope. Um, you mentioned obviously like hard times, right? And I know just obviously being close to you, 2023 wasn't all like sunshine and, and glitter for you. Um, it ended okay. with a really cool piece. Uh, and we'll get to that a little later, but I think that, you know, you sharing your story, how you worked through that, what you, what you clung to, what you found that centered you and kept you moving forward and kept you steadfast in what you were trying to achieve in spite of things being thrown at you and, and news and whatnot coming to you. Um, I think that's important. So I wanted to kind of open it up and let you share just about what you've been through and how'd you process that? Yeah, man, it's definitely been, you know, 2023, you know, I always try to maintain, you know, a semblance of gratitude and, you know, for what I've been blessed with, I think to a certain degree, those who have been given much are challenged greatly. Um, and that being said, and not to beat around the bush, I, I lost my grandfather uh, towards the latter end of summer this past year. And then a month later, I lost my father where my grandfather, unfortunately, 10 years prior, he had suffered a stroke and had kind of been a, a steady decline for him. So while you never, I'll just say the last year, two years, like he, he was kind of ready. Uh, his quality of life had severely diminished. On the other hand, with my dad, uh, you know, his health had taken somewhat, somewhat of a downturn uh, the prior years, but it was way more uh, out of left field and unexpected. Mm -hmm. uh, we finished a vacation uh, in Cape Cod because my, my dad's side is all from New England, the Boston area, and I grew up partially there. So that's always kind of been a tradition for our family. We've missed many years, but when we can, if we're going to go, we try to vacation up there. We spent a week there, thought something was off with my dad. Like I could just see like he was breathing heavier. Uh, he had gained some weight. His best friend was texting me frequently and I kicked myself to this day because I didn't link up with him and get a good conversation in about how we could help my dad. But he was like, hey, I want to get your dad in the gym. Like, I think he needs to, you know, we need to start turning some things around. Two days after we got back, unfortunately, he suffered a heart attack. And that was, you know, you know, there's so much to say about it, but like, you know, it's, it's tough, man. It's like, how do you, how do you make sense of that? How do you make sense of death to, to pivotal men in my life who raised me? I was very close to my grandfather. Uh, this is my, my mother's father. Um, you know, it really, uh, it really makes you question why you do what you do, because I think to a certain extent, deep in a man's core, if he's blessed to know his father, 
and have a, a solid relationship with my father. And my, my relationship with my dad has been complicated. Like many men, it, you know, we've had periods of not talking, I, me being frustrated with him, angry child, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. But like being a 32 year old man now, I can fully recognize the sacrifices my dad made to set me up well to live a good life. And uh, it made me realize like a lot of what I've done is for my dad's approval. A lot of what I've done is for my grandfather's approval. And now that he's quote unquote, not in the picture, at least from a very real sense, right. speaking outside of spirituality, you know, what is motivating me to continue? You know, why, you know, because it's, it's true, man. Like part of me is like, I want that pat on the back from dad. I want to make him proud. I want him to be like, that's my son right there. You know, like it, all my efforts and my sacrifice, they weren't in vain, you know? Um, but I think I showed him that before he passed. And I think he's still here and he can still see what's going on. And uh, yeah, man, that was just, and that was in the middle of, pre wasn't the middle of prep. It was like four to six weeks of a 20 week prep. It was like four to six weeks into it. So I was right still kind of at the beginning and I toyed for a little bit of time, not too long. Like, should I, just, should I stop this? Is this going to be too much for me? But really quickly, I'm just like, what would my dad say? Right. And he would just be like, dude, stick to the plan, man. Like, that's what I would want you to do. Like, stick to what is important to you, what you love to do. And I think if anything, it, it supported me through prep. I feel like he, he carried me through it. So... Yeah. A lot of words, but no. yeah, it's been, it's been tough, bro. No, I, uh, I appreciate you sharing. Um, it was tough. This might be one of the most like emotional pieces of a, a podcast segment that we've probably ever had. I, I resonate with that hundred percent, right? Um, you know, you and I, this is my first time hearing the full story and right? I, I had heard tidbits of just like whispers of people close to you, like, man, this was kind of going on. Right. And you know, you never want to, um, bombard people, you know, for sake of possibly, you know, pushing them back. Like. Brian, Brian, Brian might be having an awesome day. And you're like, hey, dude, uh, I have to check in. Like, what happened? And he's like, well, yeah. um, you know, thanks for starting my week off this way or whatever, right? And right. so right. Um, it is always an interesting time. And you talk about, like, the the approval of dad. Um, I think that's huge, right? I, I don't know, unless they don't have a relationship with him at all, I don't know how many people, how many men especially, cannot relate to that. I think it's one of those things where it, it's, it's prevalent just to varying degrees to what severity it has a stranglehold on how you do things in life um, yeah. is, is definitely uh, unique. But I definitely, like I said, I just, I resonate at every level for that. You know, whether it was, it was football or it was career or women, you know, I, all of those things were, um, hey dad, look at me. Look at me, look at me. Like all the things that have your attention, all the things that you're doing, um, all the things that you think you're going to bring to him and get this like dope shit. And he goes, oh yeah, cool. Or, you know, okay. Or hey, you can do better, right? You're like, tight. do better too. He's like, yeah, you can 3.9. Uh, really? 4.0, yeah? You know, right, right. A hundred yards? You couldn't get a touchdown? Like, you know, right. It, it's, it's always that like, little bit more rather right? it's never just that it was enough um and it definitely drives you it drives you and there are ways to to weaponize it um there are ways to weaponize it in a way that are detrimental to self and there are ways to weaponize it in a way that are supplemental to self that that drive you 
Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, coming back to that relationship and being able to um, recognize it for what it was. Like my dad, we're at a place now where we have communicate or have conversations at least once a month at length, like two hours, like on the phone, just like talking about what he's doing, oh, yeah. what I'm doing. Um, and it's cool because we get to have that kind of like man to man, boy to boy, not boy to boy, like boys type, like, you know, um, right. and it's, I mean, my dad was 19 when he had me. So I watched him make a lot of mistakes. It made me really want his approval, but it decreased the value of his advice. Cause I'm like, dude, you, I see you keep fucking up. <laughs> like I see, I see all the mistakes you're making. And so now it's lent itself to a very like peer to peer my best friend type conversation. When we talk, that's how we talk. Um, and so we get to kind of grow through, like together through that. And so um, it's definitely a, a really interesting space because he probably now tells me more often than he ever has in my entire 31 years. In the last year, he's told me he's proud of me and that he loves me more than he ever has. And it's dope. Oh, yeah. It shows a ton of growth in him, but obviously it's, it's, it, it took us a minute to get here, right? Um, but when you do get there, like as you were talking, I thought about it and I had to like stop from like choking up a little bit because I'm like, it's it's hard, man. And then it, it's hard when you kind of have that like latent realization. And then it seems like when you start to realize that there's more for you to kind of get from this for him to be gone, um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it, it's something that I, I couldn't even imagine, man. And my heart obviously just breaks for you. Yeah, I know. I appreciate that, man. But ultimately, like, I've, I've done some solid work in the last, you know, two, three months since he's passed just to really, you know, I, I don't want to remember the, you know, the last month of his life or the last year of his life or like, and I kind of kicked myself too. the last like two years, I haven't been as close to my dad. Like we would go, you know, a month or two without talking, you know, we would have a quick five minute call here or there. Like, I, I wish we, we stay more connected, but that being said, that's not what I focus on when I think of my dad. I think of, you know, I think of him being my soccer coach. Think of him being the coach of all my teams, showing up for every single one of my games, sacrificing his weekends for for soccer tournaments, for track meets, for cross-country meets. The fact that he was raised, you know, in poverty on food stamps in South Boston, very rough neighborhood, $17 a month rent, like, hands of beans like the whole ordeal to he had a brain so was able to put himself through college become an engineer get an mba grow his own consulting business and do quite well for himself you know i think i think of that like he did that for us he did that for my my older brother my younger sister i think of you know when i was 16 years old he gave me a book the seven habits of highly effective teens Mm -hmm. which is a book written by the the parent book of that is by Stephen Covey, Seven Habits, Highly Effective People. So Stephen Covey's son, I forget his first name, but wrote that book specifically for teens and how that changed the way that I thought in high school when I'm like an emotional sophomore, junior in high school, where all I'm thinking about is like, I want to lose my virginity and get fucked up. Like, hey, here's maybe why you shouldn't do that. And you should focus on your goals. Like, that's what I think of. I'm like, dude, my dad was a fucking G for doing that for me, man because I don't know where the hell I would be. Like he conquered his demons so he could show us how to conquer ours. And I'm like, who am I to not honor that, bro? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, that's the way I flip it, man. So like, 
No, I love that. Yeah, and, and we can get into it, but that's why this this past year, the the positive side of it, which I in a weird way, I even view that as positive, like in a weird way, but like it's why it's even that much more meaningful for me getting uh, the world's win and all that stuff, so. I mean, that's why reflection is so important. Even like our, our trials and tribulations, the things that we go through that are seemingly really difficult and maybe we don't want to have happen again or maybe we want to possibly forget. Um, when you look back at it as you've mature, as you mature, as you've matured, um, you're able to go ahead and say, hey, you know what, like, what can I take positive from this? What did I learn? How did this empower me to keep moving forward? What possible, you know, new trial, new hard thing did this ready me for? Um, and like you said, you don't, you don't remember the bad things. Even my dad apologizes for stuff when I speak about things, uh, very matter of factly, because I have made peace with all of those things. And I don't look at them like his faults. So I understand that, like you said, he had his own demons. Um, and though my dad didn't beat all of his, that he's still fighting some of his and some of those I still have as well. And we get to talk through it together on, you know, on a, uh, on a phone call. And there was an old movie that I remember watching vaguely, which I'm pretty sure was a Bruce Lee movie where essentially there was this like actual demon, this creature um, that haunted the dad and the dad could not defeat it. And so it was passed down essentially to the son to defeat. So his son didn't have to. I heard a quote and it essentially to that same point was like, the demons you don't fight are the demons your kids will have to, right? Like mm. you, you, you pass those things on, right? Whether you know it's it or not. That's the truth. It's, it's crazy. That is um, and so like, obviously, like you said, kudos to your dad and looking back and like, I look back and I think about staying up late to go work his second job with him. I think about the random runs wherever he was going, probably doing something he shouldn't have been doing, but like, I'm just in the car with him, like in his Mustang, just rolling around, listening to music, you know, just chilling like boys. Those are the things that we remember. And like you said, you know, you people look back on it as actually a positive thing, the growth that you were able to achieve, the the work you were able to do in yourself to then empower you to do more hard things and accomplish some really cool things, um, which we've yet to, to really announce. But Brian's a world champion, and I want the whole world to know exactly how that fucking happened because that was a hell of a, a whirlwind story. Um, it was super dope. And uh, you can give the the folks a, a rundown of exactly how how it all happened. Hell yeah, man! Thank you. I um, yeah, I view this as a fifteen year journey from when I first found the weight room accidentally in high school. Um, quick story there: I needed a credit to fill. You, you know, like senior year of high school, it's like if you played your cards right, like you're pretty much done with all your like GECs and like, you just need to fill a class or two while well, I saw on the class schedule, like, Oh, I could do this class fitness and conditioning. And I'm like, I'll, I'll, I want, it's a senior year. I want to shut my brain off and do something that like, I'm an athlete. I play soccer. I'm soccer team captain, but like fitness and conditioning, like whatever, I'll do this. Well, I didn't realize it was a class specifically designed for football players and basketball players to stay in shape in the off season. It was based, it was effectively in the weight room only. Huh. And I never lifted before. So here I am 17 and I'm just throwing in a 145 pound cross country runner, track runner, soccer player. We're like, I've got great cardiovascular ability. I'm an athlete, but dude, I couldn't bench like 135, bro. I probably could, but like it was a challenge. Yeah. And like, so it was kind of trial by fire, but through that senior year, I got positive reinforcement. I connected with the guys. I was like, I wasn't a popular kid, but I was like 
I was well liked. Like I got along with a lot of the groups and never like fully fit into one yeah. group. But like, so I knew a lot of the basketball players, football players, and they gave me positive reinforcement. Like, dude, like you're getting stronger faster. Like, so like by the end of senior year of high school, that was like my jam. I knew I wasn't going to play college soccer. I decided against that. I was going to go to the university in the town I grew up in, uh, West Virginia University, which is basically effectively, it's a solid school, but it's effectively professional drinking for four years. <laughs> uh, but I'm like, I'm going to do this, but I'm also going to keep exploring this weight training thing. And that's carried, man. It's carried through all of my 20s, carried me through college, carried me through my accounting career for five years after college. Um, you know, and that's when I started doing social media and I started toying with the idea of maybe starting my own business on the side, helping people get in better shape, maybe doing coaching in the evenings to make some more money after my accounting job. Um, but always dude, I just like, I just remain consistent, bro. Like 49, 50 weeks a year, I was in the gym like four to six days a week. I was on a plan towards the beginning. My plans were ridiculous and stupid. And I didn't know what I was doing naturally. Like one. Oh dude. Yeah. My first, if I could go back, man, I would change so much about my first five years of training. Like, Oh, but, um, but that's what this win represents is like being a 32 year old dude now who's been training now for 15 years. It's all of those times. You know, I think I did the math. I think it adds up to over 6,000 workouts or something like that. It might even be more. It's a lot, bro. It might not be 6,000. It might be like, I don't know. But either way. It like, sounds nice. I like it. Let's run it. It sounds super nice. And but and it it's all of those times I didn't want to, because I'm a human like anyone else, bro. Like, I have a stressful day. I make the mistake of like, after work, I have to go home to get my gym clothes instead of just going directly to the gym. Oh, crap. But now I sat on the couch and I'm home. And now I don't want to leave. And like, overcoming it. And sometimes I would lose that battle. Mm -hmm. But- majority of the time I would not. And it's like, I'm showing up. This is such a benefit to my life. I love how it makes me feel. And, um, and this win is a testament to, is a testament to that is showing up and overcoming my demons every day that I can over the last 15 years. So yeah, I, I've had a couple competition seasons in the past. Uh, I did a men's physique show in 2017. Didn't like men's physique. Didn't do well either. Fast forward 2019, that was my foray into natural bodybuilding, where I did do pretty well. I became a pro through a less known organization called the OCB mm -hmm. um, and competed at the, their world championship in 2019. Didn't place, did horribly, didn't belong on the stage there. Um, and I've taken the last four years to really, really assess like, you know, what, what do I want out of this? Am I going to compete again? And if I do, you know, I want to make sure that I leave no stone unturned. You know, my 2019 season, I think I had a great package and I could have been a little bit leaner, but I had the muscle mass at that point, but I didn't have the presentation. I didn't have the posing. And, um, it's about finding that evidence, right? I'll just come back to that, like prove to yourself through your work. So you can look back and point at what you've done. Like, I've done everything that I can. 2019 season, I didn't do that for myself, and I knew that. I felt that on stage. Yes, I trained in the gym hard. Yes, I did my macros and tracked everything, but, like, 
I wasn't as dialed in as I could be on stage. Mm -hmm. Dude, you need striated glutes, striated hamstrings as a natural bodybuilder. It's a different beast. Yeah. I wasn't there. And dude, I practiced my posing nonchalant for the last four weeks of prep, dude. Like that ain't going to fly with your 10 mandatories and your 60 second posing routine. So this, this go around, it was different. It was like, no, I'm making my coach proud. I'm making my dad proud. I'm making my clients proud. I'm making my audience that I share to online proud. And I just want to, when I walk out on stage, be able to say win or lose, like I did everything. Yeah. Uh, didn't expect to win, but we got it, man. Which I don't know how. I, I I get it, right? I think that everyone else can see the things, good and bad, sometimes that we can't see. We probably see the bad a bit more readily. Um, but, I mean, for those of you, and this is your first time meeting Brian, uh, give him a follow, check him out. Um, it, it's it's nuts, obviously. And we'll get into like the natural competing aspect, because I think that's a very interesting conversation, especially on social media these days. Um, and Brian's being humble because yes, he competed in 2019, but Brian didn't tell you that Brian went from an amateur WNBF competitor to a world champion in like fucking four weeks. Um, <laughs> like, like that is just like impressive as shit, right? Like it's one of those things where it's like, you know, this guy flew across the country, <laughs> competed, got his pro card, competed. One got his bid to Worlds, came back at what two weeks, went and yeah. competed in Seattle, and won. Right, and the thing is, when I saw last year's world champion, you were showing me him. I was like, barring any like crazy transformation or changes here, this guy is gonna get waxed by you. Like, there's no way. Like, I, I just I I've seen the work you put in. I seen obviously the aesthetic and just being around the sport for so long and watching it evolve. I'm like, this guy's top tier genetically um and like the work the balance in your approach to both training the balance in your physique there are things that you have that cannot be taught that cannot be worked and you maximize each of those um you know i see it firsthand and so uh i knew i knew like i was like eh. i mean it could be close if some monsters show up i guess but if this is who he's competing against this this is a shoe in like this is this is gonna happen right um and it's just a cool story man i think it's one of those things we need cool stories um, they show us that, you know, what, what's the, the cliche dragons can be slain, right? You know, demons can be conquered. Um, okay. and that, that is super cool, obviously just in the, the turbulence of life that you lived in 2023 to come out on the end and be like, Hey dude, like I said, I was going to do it. And everything that happened got me right here. Yeah, man. It, it, and you know, you know, you, you touched on something like, to a certain extent, like there, there's genetics are definitely at play. However, I think some, some people use that as an excuse. Mm -hmm. I think majority people use that as an excuse. They can look at, you know, top natural bodybuilders in, in the Olympia untested or not like steroids or not. Like you have to be, you have, have to have genetic favorability, mm -hmm. but I think 99% of the population who's looking for a transformation, they don't put in enough time into even recognize if they have genetic favorability or not mm -hmm. okay maybe your structure bone structure isn't the best your muscle insertions aren't the best but maybe you respond super well to training you know or maybe you're blessed with a crazy v taper where like you do have great proportions i think right. you know i'm blessed in certain ways i think from conditioning growing up being an athlete having a high ceiling to deal with training volume and stress i'm able to put a lot into the gym knock out 20 30 working sets 
you know, just put more in and be able to recover. I think, you know, that could be genetic God given. It could also be like the way that I was raised as an athlete, learning how to push myself, dude, like cross country, we'd have to run eight to 10 miles a day. And then I would go to soccer practice, bro. And have to run another, you know, six miles or so. Dude, it's a different, it, it was a different beast. So like when I transfer that to training, like, so people online can say like, I know I'm going off on a side tangent here, but like, this is what this I is want for. people to, I want people to realize their, their potential and understand that you don't know if you have genetic unfavorability or favorability. You literally don't because you haven't put enough time and consistency. And my gamble would be if you put in two to five years of consistent training and dieting and nutrition, even if you find out you don't have it in the cards for you to be a professional bodybuilder or bikini competitor or whatever it is, you're going to like the results and you're going to realize you don't even want those other results. Back you're going to be so damn proud of the way you feel and the way you look in the mirror and the demons you've o overcome and the positive reinforcement you've gotten from other people in your life, the other people in your life you've inspired to make a positive change based on the way they've seen you change. You're going to realize like, I don't even need that. Yep. You know, I don't even want that. Like, I was so proud of the way I looked before I even got into competing. I'm like, damn, like I did this. Like I was able to build this muscle, overcome this. So like while Chris and I, like we, we talk about competing and how it, it's like a fun thing. It's a great way for, a, you know, grown adults to channel and harness competition, which mm -hmm. I think is important for us. It's not, it's not necessary. It's like bonus points. Mm -hmm in a way. And I never like, like there are people that get lost in the sauce of like, everything is competing and, oh, it means something about me if I don't win or if I don't get my pro card, I'm like shattered. For me, I always try to remember like how blessed we are to even be able to do this, that we have two arms and two legs to be able to do this. Like, do we are grown adults, have our own businesses. We're podcasting at 11 AM on a freaking Tuesday. Right. You know, like we get to go to the gym later, chop it up, like have a great lift. Like, checking with people that we love and clients later like you know we're so blessed to be able to do this and uh, you know i never try to lose sight of that because i think some people can lose sight of it especially in the competition world where it's like they're willing to do anything and like i said what it means about me to like you know if i'm not successful in this endeavor like i've never personally viewed it that way it's just like it just it just bonus points yeah. at the end of the day no, I mean, hundred percent. Like you said, you're you're gonna like the results. It's like you're you're chasing a carrot, and meanwhile, you are not paying attention to the carrot you have in your hand, and it kind of like ripens or whatever the fuck vegetables do, um, you know. But it, it's getting better. <laughs> it's getting better the whole time, and so it can definitely serve as a conduit to get you to some really cool places, some really high mountains. And as a person who's worked with a ton of athletes, especially like female bodybuilding athletes, where you know the sport is vain, right? The sport is biased always in nature by nature it is biased right the judges are looking for certain things and you could be the biggest most jacked but if like your balance is off proportions are off or posing all of the sometimes it's just a look right and um you know like i would be lying like if you have a girl on stage and she is marginally the most objectively pretty girl on stage but maybe her physique is balance but it's not top tier it doesn't beat the girl next to her but the next girl next to her maybe a little less objectively attractive but if there's not a huge difference in like their 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 stature their their figure their just balanced structure the prettier girl's gonna probably win 
and it's the look, mm-hmm. right? It's the it's the bias, and I think that right. when you hinge so much on the opinions of these four fucking old people and, and, and that are sitting there watching right. you, um, you know that's tough. And so, and like you said, when you stop chasing it, is kind of when that shit starts to like, oh shit, this is dope. This is this is a cool bonus point. This is a cool you know dessert or extra to to have here. And so, um, no, I, I definitely like resonate with that a lot. Yeah, yeah, man, and you know, I always. No, I think back to to what it's allowed me to overcome. I think, uh, especially like early in my fitness journey through through college, like I got an accounting degree and a finance degree, and you know I was doing I was in a fraternity, I was doing extracurricular activities. I had a lot on my plate, and I as a young you know nineteen, twenty twenty one year old in college, like I didn't have a great mechanism to deal with stress, and uh, and I formed an eating disorder during that time. Mm. Um, just like binge eating. And then that turned into bulimia where I would make myself get sick. And like, you know, it, it took a long time. Like I struggled with that for like three to five years of varying degrees. Like sometimes it would be daily for a week. Sometimes I would go a couple months and like, I wouldn't have an episode, but like, you know, constantly coming back to the reasons why, what helped me. And I'm not giving a diagnosis to like help anyone. If you're struggling with that, I understand how serious it is. I also sought help from a psychiatrist and like that was very helpful but for me it was like stepping back and journaling and doing time to assess from a 30,000 foot view like why do I care about health and wellness like getting in better shape because I did it from misinformation online is like I thought I'd eat super low calorie to like because I wanted six-pack abs and to look great so I would like do my cardio, I would weight train and try to eat 1500 calories a day as a growing 19 year old, 20 year old boy. Like, dude, the wheels fall off of that after two to three days. And then you show up, you know, to your dorm room or your or your apartment, see a box of cereal. And before you know it, that box of cereal is gone. Right. And then it's like, what did I just do? Oh my God. Shame cycle. The shame cycle. And like, it, it, it took a while to overcome that. And I, I guess I just bring that up because like that was, that was just part of the journey. It wasn't always sunshine and rainbows like over the last 15 years. And I think I, I had personally, I had to go through that to realize like, this is unhealthy. This is me really thirsting for a way, an outlet to deal with stress and overwhelm because that's when it would happen. I would binge eat or binge and purge when like, I had finals coming up or I had like so much on my plate and like, I didn't think I could deal with it. And it was like, you know, no, let's learn. Let's, let's learn how to deal with these stressors and and cope in a more effective way. Emotionally, let's also learn physiologically what you're doing to your body and that you're just objectively undernourishing yourself and that it's not going to put on globs of fat. If you have an extra 500 calories per day, in fact, you probably need to double your calories per day. Um, no, that's the stuff, that's the stuff I think of like through like where I'm at on my journey now. Cause I always think of like when clients come in to see me now, or they've maybe only followed me the last year or two. Well, I overcame that demon a decade ago, but that was a problem for me mm-hmm. really bad for like three to five years. And while I can appear to like be super successful now, I've got my own thriving business and I'm a world champion. And I seem to like balance life really well and be able to like drink on the weekends and like go out to eat and be nonchalant like do, do you know what it took to like get right. to this point like it took like obsessive periods it took like periods of like cutting off friendships and like 
then trying to rekindle them and being like, sorry, I was being such an a-hole. Like it's tough, man. Like you need to learn these lessons the hard way. I think a lot of times, and like, it hasn't always been pretty. hundred percent. I mean, I think that's what we as coaches do is everyone has to learn for themselves. Um, as coaches, we, we hopefully, um, can intercept and, you know, inject some sort of caution, some sort of expertise that allows you to traverse those, your own journey. You know, those, those obstacles you inevitably, you inevitably will come across, um, a little easier, right? Hey, listen, this is going to happen. Like injuries are going to happen. Setbacks are going to happen. We're not going to always be happy with what we see or our performance. And here's how we deal with these things. Here's how we keep ourselves on track. Here's how we keep showing up. People don't see that. Like you said, people don't see that. And I think if, if I'm speaking objectively, not even just for you, but we're obviously going to tie it into you and what people say on the pro and the, and the con side, right? But I think people sit there and they see, okay, well, Chris, Brian, whoever, they seem happy. They're maybe, may or may not be in a good relationship. It looks like, you know, from what I can see, um, you know, they don't seem to have visible signs of struggle. I see them smiling. I see them you know, working through life at a seemingly solid pace, right? Um, but they must have something I don't because I can't, right? And because I have not, then they must be doing something else. They must have something else, whether it was, oh, you had you had parents that gave you money or you have just better genetics than me. I can't accomplish that. Um, or you're doing steroids or whatever it happens to be. I can't do that. And because I can't fathom in my head how a normal person could get to where you are without something that I don't have, I'm just going to attribute the majority of whatever you have to this unknown advantage you have, right? You have the women that are like, oh, well, you know, J-Lo and Beyonce and these, they have, you know, seven days a week and professional trainers and surgeons. I said, yeah, but you have four days a week. You have five hours, you know, discretionary hours a week. Are you maximizing all of those? Before you start counting the hours and the accessibility someone else has, are you doing everything? If you want to come to me and be like, hey, man, I've been training for the last 25 years. I've just been like my you know, diet's been dialed in. I've been reading everything, digesting everything as best I can, training consistently, you know, for these last 25 years. And and I just can't get to this like Phil Heath area. You know, I, I'm, I'm a natural athlete. I can't get. To, I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm like that, that's that makes sense. Right. You look fucking fantastic. And also you know, that's just not going to be possible for you right now. And it's okay if you go, Hey, you know what? I'm not willing to do that. And I'm going to attribute the difference there because you've maximized everything, right? Once you've maximized your natural potential, then maybe talk about what someone else has, right? If you're like, Hey dude, we stayed that I, we worked the same hour to put the same study hours in. We started the same business, but his mom injected 500 grand into his business for advertising. It's like, well, great. Like you can, you have an objective thing, but don't sit on your fucking hands at home doing nothing and then get upset that he got some help. Like, do your shit first, and then start talking about just objectively, okay, I won't be so hard on myself because this person's experience was different, and maybe they had a bit more of an advantageous, you know, intro into things, but not from the fucking, like, nosebleeds, bro. Don't be sitting up there doing absolutely nothing, pointing fingers down to people actually playing, you know? Dude. I couldn't agree more with, with what you're saying. I think so many people shortchange themselves. And I think, you know, the current climate, the current social climate, you know, 
in this country and many of, you know, in Europe and Australia and Canada, I think like what very similar lifestyles to here, like, dude, like everyone has a smartphone, bro. Mm -hmm. Like everyone, you know, in, in certain aspects, the, the playing field is not leveled and there's larger disparity than ever, but in many ways, to, uh, inability to be able to influence your own life and your, your lot in life, the playing field has been leveled. Like, you know, I, I gave some change to a homeless dude yesterday outside of Chipotle who, who was so grateful for $5, who was on an iPhone. Like everyone, like in what you can do with this tool is you can reach the world. You can, you can really control what you consume and what you put out there. And I think so many people consume bullshit too much. Yeah. And you know, this is me putting my, you know, Jocko Willink hat on, but it's the truth. Like you have to overcome your demons and just be aware and be willing to accept like some people may be channeling their efforts in a more effective way than I am. Like I use a habit tracking app. It's literally called habits. Like I make sure I, and I'm not perfect with that. I miss on many days, but like I've got five, six habits per day, like 10 minute meditation, like get up before 7am, like track macros, like knock out your workout, like text a friend, like things that I, like you can do that listening right. to this. Like you can get, you can hire a coach, you can join a, a fitness app, you know, start tracking your workouts. You can start tracking your nutrition. All, most of these tools are literally free on your phone. You can set screen time limits to avoid Instagram and TikTok. Oh, like, oh, maybe you like stop looking at porn. Like there, there are, if you're willing to do an assessment of where you spend your time on a weekly basis, your 168 hours, I think you'll realize you can make some changes and we all can like you and I, like we can make massive improvements. I still can make improvements, but like, don't be justifying someone else's results when you still have so much that you can improve. That's the way that, that I like to view it, man is like, yeah, like, People short people shortchange themselves so much when they have the tools to be able to improve themselves. Audiobooks, like there there's so like controlling who you follow. Yeah. Like I said, like setting screen time limits on things. You know, it, it it's so important. And that's the challenge today is where is your attention going? Like when you should be working or training, are you playing a game on your phone or, or like on your console? Are you just mindlessly scrolling on TikTok or Instagram? Like that is your life that is going down the drain. Yep. Like maybe set a 30 minute screen time for Instagram per day. Like as an example. Literally have a timer on my desk. That's, Bro. How, I, that's how I do work. I'll sit there and I'll set a timer for 90 minutes and I won't move my computer. I won't touch my phone. Um, you have to, I call it booby trapping myself into, yeah. into success, into not being anxious essentially, because if I let that to-do list just pile up, um, I'll, I'll shut down. I know that I'll just like, you know what, fuck it. I'll stay in the room all day. I got too much to do today. I don't want to do it, but keeping myself in, on track, making sure that I don't get behind is my for sure fire way, my surefire way plan to, um, to keep that regulated, to make sure I don't get too, you know, fucked essentially, you know, I, I think that's just the big thing there is like, okay, well, you know what, when someone comes to me and they're like, yeah, man, tracking food's just too much. And I go. I hate I hate the word too much. I'm cool if you don't want to do it, right? I get it. Right. I really hate it. I just don't want to do it. That I'm cool with. Just be this level with me. But right, when you right. say, "Oh, that that's too much," right? It's like, well, it's not too much for millions of other people, 
So are they better than you? Well, no. Okay, well then just, you don't want to do it, right? You don't want to take the extra time to do it and to learn and to get good at it. And that is okay, but own that shit. It's when people kind of put that stuff off onto like a, a third party, whether it be an idea or a group of people. And it's like, well, that's dumb or that's stupid or that's this versus I don't, I won't, I don't like whatever it happens to be. And that's a hundred percent. Like, I, I don't know what about society makes it not okay just to be like, you know what, bro? Brian's physique is fucking dope, but I'm not willing to put the work in to get it. Like it's it's okay to say it is. Oh, no right. one is gonna shame you. No one's gonna tell you that you're a bitch or a pussy. Like no one, no one. They're just gonna be like, okay, cool. I get it. He works hard, bro. You know these guys, Chris, Bryce, whoever you're looking at. These guys, they work hard. You don't have to want to get up. Like I say, I get up at four thirty. People, are like, that's early for you. I five is late for me. I get upset if I'm at five five thirty. Like that. It, right. That's okay. I'm not judging you for sleeping until eight. Good for you. Get extra sleep. And I, and I personally would never do that. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's just it. It's like it's. But there's no like. Oh man, you you were this thing on, bro. Get your extra sleep. I like to read in the morning when it's quiet and it's dark outside. Um, I like to get started on my you know check ins and my work before the sun comes up. I like to get my walk in with my girlfriend and our dogs. Um, all before like the day starts turning and. That's a me thing. I, I have a dev guy who does all stuff for our app who's like, I sleep until fucking like 11 a.m. every day and I don't work until pretty much like 5 p.m. because I work best 5 p.m. to like 11, 5 p.m. to midnight when everyone's doing That's other great. things. Yeah, I'm like, sweet, bro. Do your thing. I'm not going to judge you for that. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, man. And, you know, I got to tread lightly here, but, you know, I think the the, the differences in, in generations are really starting to show now that we're, you know, in our early 30s. You know, when when I started, like I was the young, ambitious like generation in fitness. But now it's like I'm seeing these kids pop up on TikTok and like on Instagram, and it's like you just see a kid and you're like, no, I'm like definitely much older than you, mm-hmm. just by the way that you're speaking, the way that you're acting, the way. That... And um, it seems more and more these days, like anything that would re- require someone to change or step into an uncomfortable state is like labeled as toxic. Yeah, or like. Dude, you want to get up at 4.30? That's like toxic hustle culture. Yes. Why are you why are you yes. pushing why are you pushing that on people? That's a, it's so not necessary. Like, look at this person. They get up at 9 a.m. and and they're successful. Look at the guy you just said. He gets up at 11 a.m. Why do you want to do that? It's cause you it's cause you want to. They didn't tell you you had to. And, and it and it's how you work best. Maybe you like the fact that you can unplug and not do any work past three or four PM. You know, or, or just have more time later in the day to like. The thing is, is like, I'm actually one of those people who like work. If it wasn't for me and Emily being together, I would work all day. I actually enjoy work. I would break to play video games and read. And then I would work. So some toxic. Work. Right, that's exactly. so toxic. And people be like, oh, yeah, that's just you're you're tying your worth and your value to, you know, the things you accomplish. No, bitch. I just like fucking working. I like doing things I like creating things. I like things coming out of my brain, going onto paper, going into a space. And becoming something like I, I like doing that. It makes me feel good. And you doing this is exactly or it's accomplishing, accomplishing the exact opposite of what you want it to do. Right. You're trying to be inclusive. You're trying to stop this like shaming of people that might feel like they're being marginalized as like lazy or, you know, whatever, not not go getters. Um, and I feel like we've gotten into this place where it's like there's so much pacification where it's like it's OK for me to walk in. Oh, the dude. Planet Fitness, and for them to say, "Oh, like Lunk, 
We don't bring that gallon in here. No, no tank tops. Don't drop that heavy ass dumbbell. Like, but I can't be like, Hey bro, you should probably implement some cardio for sake of your like heart health. Um, you know, like just because like you are objectively obese and it's, it's not a good thing for your health. If you want to live a long life, I'm bad. I'm fat shaming. Right. But it's like, okay. To like fit shame and the people who were successful and go, no, but look at all the things Steve Harvey had to give up to get successful. Maybe that was an acceptable fucking cost for him. Maybe that was okay. It, it's always been a strange concept to me. Like when people try to barricade your ability to move forward based on their own presumptions of life and what's meaningful and how it should work. Oh my God, dude. I'm sorry. Dude, no need to apologize. This is why we have a media guy. He can cut that out and so we're all good. What's his name? Uh, ben. Ben, shout out to you, bro. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do appreciate Ben for dealing with our fucking shenanigans and ineptness. Um, so, uh, in closing, obviously, uh, lending itself to the, the title or probably part of the working title and why we're here, um, we've talked around it a bit. Obviously, we know that there's uh, a lot of skepticism about you um, and your your possible supplementation and in what you may or may not be using. Are you a natural athlete? Um, or are you just a, you know, bold faced liar and stuff like that? And so it's interesting because when you've, and it is, it is funny. I'll, I'll preface this with, I love, I love all the people that transform. I love everybody. Got a lot of homies there. Denver gym culture, Denver fitness culture is just a little weird, a little different for me, a little, little different. Um, it's definitely just a bit more hyper-focused on this this concept, which for me has always been like, as a natural athlete my you know, entire life, I never cared if the guy next to me was, you know, whatever, right? Um, yeah. I'm here to beat you regardless. Whatever decisions you made that got you here, whatever decisions I made that got me here are the ones we're going to put on the table and see what happens. And I beat guys I know who use. Um, and it's more of like a, I'm just better than you, bro. I'm sorry. That's, that's really what it comes down to. But I've also never looked at them and been upset and never expect them to look at me in any sort of way. And I think that, you know, you and I have talked about this where it's like, we understand that if you, if you really understand these compounds, right? Like fucking Lance Armstrong wasn't riding a fucking tricycle and then started blood doping and went the Tour de France, you know, Barry Bonds wasn't, you know, striking out and then all of a sudden, you know, becoming a home run king. Um, you know, and we also understand that these compounds can be used really effectively to uh, broaden sure. and expand on a, a person's ability and their ability to go in and do work and recover and grow, et cetera. So um, obviously you competing natural and then having people come in and attack you and not only attack you and your craft, but now they, they come for your integrity when they come for that, right? They're like, you know, you're, because a person to me, like who would do something like that, would be like mine. I'm not going to say you're a bad person because I think everyone makes mistakes, but also like you could just go compete in a, a tested federation or, or not tested federation and, you know, know that the other guys there have the same opportunities. And so I've known people who've passed themselves off. Um, but I also known people who are like, I'm, I'm not bad genetically. Right. Um, but I have a friend, his name's Stefan and people would swear like this guy's not natural. I'm like, dude, no, nah, like Stefan just a fucking freak. Like this is a guy that like, can bench 225 the rest of his life and have a chest that just does this, right? Just opens up like fucking wings. And I'm just yeah. like, that is really dope. Like he's just, he's one of those people. Um, 
why do you think one, actually, you know what? I'm going to reorder the questions. One, how's it feel when people are coming at you and they're consistently pointing fingers like you're a fucking liar, essentially. And then two, why do you think it matters so fucking much? Oh, dude. Yeah, this is beautiful. I'm glad we're addressing this. And, and you know, it doesn't, it just, and I know we're of the same belief. It just doesn't matter, man. Like I think for, at, at our age and just for the reasons why we train and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, the reasons why I train to live a more, more capable life. Like I spoke on earlier, tying it back to like increasing the size of the pie. Like I want kids eventually. I want a family. I want to be a great father. I want to be a great example for them. I want them because at a certain point, your kids are going to be smart and they're going to be assessing your decisions, the path that you chose in life and like seeing like and questioning you. And, and even further than that, like, you know, it, just to answer the question directly, it used to bother me a lot. Um, because I started getting the accusations pretty much from the start when I started, when I started sharing online on YouTube and Instagram, putting out content. Um, at that point, I think I started, I was 25, 26. So I had already been training for, you know, eight, nine years. So I had already built an, an impressive physique. And, you know, I think on one side, I've always kind of taken it as a compliment just on the surface, like this person thinks that I look so good that I'm literally on drugs. Right. Like I'm using dangerous substances, potentially dangerous substances to enhance myself and I'm not. So like, what does that mean about my physique? Oh crap. Like right. I've got something going on the other side. And it's taken me a while to like put this to rest and like see it for what it is, is the integrity. And I like that you brought up that word because like I pride myself on being an honest person. Uh, honest in my relationships, my friendships, business with clients. Like I like giving a charitable view to people, giving people trust first, giving them an opportunity to lose it. But like, that's how I operate my life, man, is I give full trust. I trust someone fully unless they show me reasons why they shouldn't be trusted. But like when you bring it, when you bring my integrity into question, just proposing that I've been consistently lying in living a lie online for years, you know, that's what would, would sit wrong with me. Yeah. And, um, in at this point, man, anytime I address it online or feed it is just because I know it's entertaining and interesting mm -hmm. for people and it, and people will pay attention to it and it can, you know, stir up your audience. But like, yeah, man, it used to, it used to bother me. It used to bother me way more where it's like, I would go into dude. Cause like, it's a never ending debate. I'm mm -hmm. sure you've seen online. Like it, it, no matter what you can dude, you can do blood tests every two weeks, full panels, put them out to the public. They'll find a reason why you're, you're skirting the test. Right. And here are the substances and here's how they're doing it. Their timing right before they go in, they do this and that there's, there's no winning like the FFM, the fat free mass index or like the, the ratios of like, you're, you're on, you're 26 on this scale. So that means that like, t you definitely cannot be natural. Like you, and I would go into those technical debates yeah. for the first like two, three years, like try to just like wordsmith it and be like, here's exactly why you can't win. So at this point, I'm like, if you want to believe I'm not steroid, 
just believe it doesn't make you feel better because ultimately that that's what they want they want to right. feel better about their own inadequacies or, or or something like it means something for the consumer someone questioning you they have this dialogue or this subconscious story in their mind that it means something about me right and my inadequacies if this person has these results and is not using the substances that I am right and I feel bad like I genuinely I feel bad for those people because there's so many outside factors that come in like dude genetics in bodybuilding is such a huge play bro right. it's huge muscle insertions you, you like bone sizes just your overall structure mm -hmm. like we addressed earlier your ability to like put on lean muscle and respond to that stimulus of weight training like it's different for every person. Yeah. Also, I'm 5'9". A lot of the most successful bodybuilders are 5'9". Be a much different story if I was born at six foot. Right. Like, so like, yeah, man, I know that's a long-winded thing, but it just like, I'm at the point now where I'm at peace with it and I just feel bad for those people who just like constantly bring it into question because I'm like, why does this even need to be a topic of conversation? Right. No, I mean, it's, like you said, it matters to them because then they can somehow take you off the board. Right. Because they're like, okay, well, right. Here's who I'm competing against. And, but he's too far away. So what is, what, what about him can I use to disqualify him from, from my board? Mm. You know? Mm. And I think that's, that's what it is. We're all these little game pieces. I view life as a game very much. So, um, it's a race. It's a game that can be won. It's a system that can be gamed. And people do it different ways, right? Um, mm. I, I have people who I know have, have used for since fucking high school. I have people who I know are dabbling now. I have people who I know will never dabble for health reasons, for more reasons, just because they don't want to do the the fucking chemistry on the back end of managing yeah. it for their, you know, however long, um, if not life. And so, and then for me, it's it's always been about the the why, like what's pushing you. Um, and that's why I, uh, even the guys at the gym, I'll, I'll push back on them as a guy who's like, I'm not telling anyone to do drugs. Why are you so against it? And I think that it's it's an interesting question you should ask yourself because if it's all about, well, these other people and this and the, and I'm like, these, these answers should all start with you. You should be like, I just don't want to do it because of X, Y, Z. I don't want to take that risk. This is not worth that cost to me. The minute you start talking about other people, you're just doing the same thing they're doing in reverse. And it's like, if you just live life in a way of like, you know what, bro, again, I'm going to make my decisions every day. You're going to make yours every day. At the end of the day, I'm going to put forth the best work I can with, you know, everything that I've done and you can do the same. And then you have to live with the cost of those decisions as do I, what like, you know, people talk about athletes, right? You sit there and go, oh, well, LeBron's gotta be, he's 39 fucking years old. He could be, he could not be. He's a specimen. He's really fun to watch. He's he's a legend. You get to watch. You could sit here and speculate the entire time. You can speculate about his uh, fidelity. You know, and, and oh well, he can't. He's a hundred percent in with Savannah. He's got to be. Why? Because you would be. I'm not saying that he wouldn't. I'm just wondering why you believe this so wholeheartedly. It's, it's when you are like putting your fucking stake in the sand. Like Brian DaCosta has to be on fucking drugs. Why? And why does it fucking matter that much? Like that is just such an like alien like perception thought process. Just it's just a really weird thing to see. And so I just obviously you 
living this and me living with Emily and watching the shit that she goes through and seeing the shit people say on Reddit and stuff like that. And I'm just like, one, you guys have no lives. And two, most of you have not been punched in the face and it fucking shows. Like, I think that every adult can go through a phase where they're just like, just get hit in the face one time for doing some stupid shit. And I promise you it will change your whole perspective. At the end of the day, man, like, I agree with everything you said. You know, I think some people are unwilling if, if some people have a great passion for bodybuilding and fitness and genetically it just may not be in the cards for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm so blessed to be in a position where like I have a competency and a talent at what I really enjoy. You could also make the argument. I have this love for the sport because I show promise in it, you know, and I can strive, but I, I can see how for some people it could be too much to bear yeah. to sit with the idea that I love this so much, yet perhaps I can never be as successful as I, I want to be in this. And this person is, and I just like, I, I can't accept as a man, as a woman, as a prideful person that that they're doing this in a way that I want to do it. And I just can't get the results that they're getting. Dude, I'm bad at it. So many things like I'm not good at driving. I don't think I'm great at business. I need help. I need mentors in business or I F everything up. Like I'm not, dude, I'm not good at like, keep like keeping up with so many things like email. I'm not good at writing. Like I, I mess up constantly. Like, um, I'm not good at communicating my emotions. A lot of the times, like, I'm not good at fixing things around the house. Like I need to learn YouTube, everything. Like there are so many things like I'm, I'm not good at, I don't get online and look at handymen on YouTube and heckle them in all their comment sections. It's like, dude, you fix that drywall so well. It's fucking bullshit that you know how to do that. Like you got a handout, like, dude, he's good at that. He like, he's, he was raised doing it with his father. Like this is what he does. He shows a great competency, like shut, like shut up. We're right. at the end of the day, people considering gear, a lot of times we're adults, like we're adults. I respect the shit out of people. And that's something that needs to be shed more often by natural athletes online is I truly respect the hell out of Olympia competitors, people who do gear. People think it's somehow it's a, it's a way to work less hard. You have to work even harder. Like you're not only balancing your, your nutrition, your training, your recovery, your sleep, but then you have all these exogenous compounds where you have to time them right, understand how they're going to interact with each other in your system, you know, take it with food, without food. How is it going to be administered or early or injectable? Like you've got to be so on it as an enhanced athlete. And like you said earlier, like for me, the pharmacology and the chemistry of it, just like, I don't have an interest, dude. I was not good at chemistry in school. I was not good at biology. Like, I don't want it. Like, I don't want to understand what IUs are. I don't want to understand like where to get this stuff. Right. Like, do I, can I go through a doctor for this one? Oh no, you need this guy for this one. You need to go, you need to go to Turkey for this one. You need to, you know, get this one from South Korea. Like, dude, I'm not willing to do it. Like some dudes are willing to go to that length. And I respect the shit out of that because it's so much work. But it's just not for me, dude. Right. It's not for me. I, I look at that. I say, one, I don't want that physique. It's too extreme. And number two, dude, when you hit age 50, if you're blessed to, I just don't think you're, you're going to be happy with your decisions you made in your 20s and 30s. 
I just don't, I don't think you will. Are you ever going to be able to get off that horse right. of introducing these substances? Are you going to have to be on a lot of these forever? Like, dude, that's what I think of, man. Like, I'm an accountant by trade. Like, I'm a risk-averse person. I'm, I constantly weigh risks and rewards. It's not worth it for me, dude. I don't like needles either. Like, I can't watch fucking needles. I can't watch ER shows. Like, dude, when there's surgery shows and shit, literally last night, Aaron and I are, have gotten late into Yellowstone, but like they were doing a surgery. I'm being a, a pussy over here like this. Like, tell me when it's off the screen. <laughs> I can't do it, dude. So like, no, the idea of like putting something in my butt or my shoulder every, every day is like, nah, dude, I'm out. Right. I'm out on that. Yeah, no, I, I respect that. I think that's a, a really, really good answer. And I think that obviously you'll be able to use that. Um, and for everyone's listening, I think that there's a lot of good takeaways there. Um, both like the the respect factor and then also you brought it back to you. You're like, dude, no, I respect you. Do your thing. For me, this is why I don't want to. This is why this matters. And I think that if the world had a bit more of that when it came down to, to everything, um, bodybuilding and, and things beyond, we'd be a lot better off. It was like, hey, do your thing, man. I, I got no quarrels with how you do it. As long as it doesn't impede on how I do it, I'm good, man. Like Gucci, do your thing, you know? Dude, absolutely. And I've had a lot of friends through living in LA for five years, going to Gold's Gym Venice, like many dudes, dude, who are on gear. And like a lot of them are great freaking people. Mm -hmm. A lot of the stereotypes around steroids of like road, road rage all the time and stuff simply aren't true. Right. A lot of these dudes are freaking awesome. They're intelligent. They're super disciplined. Like they're a boy to me, mm -hmm. but like, so it's like by me not taking gear, doesn't mean that I'm like anti it. Right. I'm anti it for me. Yep. And that's it. I love that. I love that. And with that, I think we'll, I think we'll wrap. Man. Yeah, man. Um, no, everyone, thank you again for tuning in. Thanks for listening to, to Brian's story. I hope you're able to take something away from it. Brian, thank you. Or for taking out, um, you know, a good chunk of your morning to to catch up with me and stuff. So, um, if you enjoyed listening, please like, comment, share, give Brian a follow. I'll let him do a, a little close at where you might be able to find him, his business and whatnot, and then we'll go ahead and say goodbye and see you next time. Brian, go ahead and take it away and sign us off. Thank you, man. Uh, great conversation, and I think with many conversations with us, we could have flowed for another freaking hour if we wanted to, but. Uh, Perhaps we can loop back for another one in the future, but uh, either way, um, massive respect for what you do, what you're about, what you stand for, man. Um, big fan of what you do. And uh, you guys can find me just Brian DaCosta at everything on socials, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. And then uh, BrianDaCosta.com or ShreddedForLife.com. That's where I'm at. Thank you, oh. man. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, guys. See you next time.